and welcome to Fulcrum Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. Episodes will typically be uploaded every Monday and any changes to that schedule will be posted on our Twitter and TikTok at Fulcrum Pod and on Instagram at Fulcrum Podcast. So be sure to follow us on any of those for previews and information about upcoming episodes. Hi, my name is Sage. I use she, they pronouns and you can find me on TikTok and on Twitter at Sage Sindula. Hi, my name is Claire and my pronouns are she, her. You can find me on TikTok at Claire Kenobi and on Twitter at Corky Kenobi. Today for our episode of Girl Boss of the Week, we are talking about Asajj Ventress, our beloved. Um, Back to talking about girl bosses who are kind of evil. Um, Love that for us. (laughs) It's been been a hot minute. Um, I'm going to try not to mention Trilla. <laughs> um, but I know that we will be mentioning Quinlan Boss. So um a spoiler warning for Dark Disciple. We will be talking about Dark Disciple, the Clone Wars. We'll be talking about the Clone Wars. So just watch over that. And if you haven't read Dark Disciple, you should read it anyways. Yeah, we're gonna try to go in chronological order as we always do, and we'll see if it works. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, starting off, the first time chronologically I think that we see Ventress is the little like flashbacks in the Clone Wars where she is, um, where she's a little child uh, who is sold into slavery, uh, I believe by her own parents um, on Dathomir, uh, which is, um, okay, Star Wars. Yeah, she gets sold into slavery by like her own family, which like you said, a lot right off the bat her master she viewed as like being really nice to her but actually he was just manipulating her shocking um and then he gets killed and then this is when the jedi find her um kai Neric? Yeah. i'm a fake fan i think it's Neric. <laughs> um I, I believe it is and he you know finds her and then in kind of makes her jedi but doesn't tell the order that he now has uh, an apprentice so in the eyes of the order she never was a jedi because they didn't know that she existed i understand why people don't like the jedi okay i really i really do because if you have read just the material surrounding the clone wars they kind of suck uh anyways he merrick is like um i'm gonna make you a jedi uh saving you from these slaves uh but then you know he gets killed uh right in front of her actually um I really hate when that happens personally I really hate when um masters die in front of their I'm so sorry you know what though Mm, I'm so sorry I'm already being the worst Asajj Ventress and Obi-Wan Kenobi have a lot in common and I do think that maybe they explored each other's bodies, but no, I'm, you're you're <laughs> so right about that. Yeah, I'm. Anyways, um, where was I? Oh yeah, he died in front of her, um, and then she was found by Craig Dooku. Uh, you know what? I read Dark Disciple. I mean, not Dark Disciple. <laughs> I did read Dark Disciple. But that's not what I meant to say. I read Dooku Jedi Lost. Dooku, what an interesting character. Kind of a dilf, I'm not gonna lie. And I didn't realize it until recently. I'm Claire, don't no, give me no, that. No, book. no, his voice in dark, uh, not fucking dark. I can't. I almost said dark disciple. Dooku did I lost. Yeah. Kind of a dilf. Okay. Um <laughs> moving on. Uh he does he does find uh Asajj Ventress, and she is at this point really angry and really um upset obviously her master just died and she didn't have um the kind of community that she would have had if uh she was in the order you know um if she was on Coruscant or on another Jedi outpost she doesn't have that kind of community so all she knows about the Jedi is what she was taught from um this one Jedi she's a very tunnel vision view of how they interact and how they uh do things And so when she's presented with this other option that she didn't really know about, that she wasn't taught about, which is the Sith, she obviously knew about the dark side. She's Dathomirian, you know, but um, this Sith Order is obviously a lot different in its its views uh, of the dark side and of 
power and using um, your emotions and your rage to uh, gain power um, and to be free. And that is all Asajj Ventress wants is to uh, be free. And that is a reoccurring theme throughout her entire arc. Um, and we'll get more into it as we get into Dark Disciple. But um, yeah, so she joins she joins Count Dooku. And what uh what an interesting what an interesting idea, Ventress. Um not not your brightest moment, but I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna give you some room there. You've had a hard time. Her like apprenticeship to Dooku. I mean, this is the case with a lot of, like, said apprenticeships and that, like, he treated her terribly. Again, like, this is not shocking information. But, like, in Dooku Jedi Lost, like, some of the really early scenes in that are, like, him literally, like, electrocuting her. It's, like, to make her stronger. And I'm like, oh, my God, Craig, what are you doing? But anyway. <laughs> um, okay. to, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Just to <laughs> insert a little information for our listeners um I'm sure most of the people listening to this podcast know where Craig Dooku comes from because Craig is not his name okay we know that uh our friends over at Rupalp's Padres did uh call Dooku Craig once uh in an episode and I think all of gay Star Wars TikTok now just calls him that um so just that's where that comes from yeah so she literally like again like we all know that she had a terrible childhood but like she really did like she was sold into slavery and then had to watch her master die in front of her and then gets taken in by Dooku who also treats her terribly and like like you were saying like she just wants to feel free she wants to like have any semblance of control over anything and like that's also a big theme of like her whole story is the idea of like having a choice and like getting to make your own decisions because she like didn't get to make decisions for her life or like she was manipulated into doing things like she could be like oh yeah joining like Dooku was my decision but like at the end of the day it really wasn't like she just gets manipulated into doing these things and like she doesn't really have any other options because like the people who are supposed to look out for her either died or like left her behind or etc um and so like throughout her whole story she is just looking for a way to control what happens to her and like not feel like things are just happening to her without her having any say in it um and again like this is getting we'll get into this a lot more I'm sure when we talk about Dark Disciple but like that really is a consistent theme from the beginning because of what a genuinely awful experience she had as a child and then it just gets even worse once she decides to join Dooku and like give into the dark side essentially. Right and I think that you know Ventress definitely falls into that category of that trope that I love that I talk about all the time um, of when a character uh, particularly a female character is so caught up in surviving and becoming uh, you know, a bad person and doing terrible things in order to survive and then making like a character for themselves and then falling into it um, and then actually becoming that kind of person, you know. Uh, and so originally, you know, she she joined the dark side because she, one, was manipulated and two, didn't really have an option like you said she it was either join the dark side or be left alone at what 13 years old and die um not much of a choice uh and I think that's you know something that we see a lot in Star Wars actually um I'm particularly thinking about Lorna D my absolute beloved um her story their stories are very similar uh especially like the choice, like the idea of like that she doesn't have a choice in a lot of the things that she does. It's very uh, like familiar, I think, and can um, speak to a lot of people, especially a lot of women, you know, who historically have not been given a lot of choices in life, um, in history. So, you know, being uh, careful and cautious around that narrative is something that I think Star Wars actually did pretty well. I guess another thing, um, well, first of all, if y'all haven't listened to Dooku Jedi Lost, you should do that or read the script. It is kind of insane, to be completely honest, but it is very good. Um, And Ventress, it's like, 
it's told basically through Ventress's eyes almost like it's her like learning about Dooku's past um but throughout the book she's like talking to sort of the like this like disembodied voice of her former master um and it's really interesting because the whole time he's sort of being like you don't have to do this like like you can choose to like not join Dooku not turn to the dark side completely and like it's an interesting look at her character because obviously this is all like what she's thinking and like we're getting a lot of her thought process um and she is like conflicted like she does she makes her choices to join Dooku and become his like assassin um and be trained by him but like Dooku Jedi Lost is when we get to see sort of like her mindset when she's like doing these things for Dooku and she's like obviously these are not great things um but we sort of get to see how she feels like abandoned by her former master like he left her um when he was killed and like she just feels she feels abandoned by her own family her own people like everyone she feels has left her and going forward when Dooku betrays her so like she just has she feels so abandoned by everyone to the point where like even though Dooku does not treat her well and is obviously not a good person he like sees value in her abilities and she just desperately wants to have someone who sees that in her that she is willing to join him and like do things that she knows are not right until she gets to a point where like that is her life and there's not really a way out of it for her until a lot later on. A little interlude here. I've been reading um, Rule of Two. There's a character in that book. Uh, her name is Zana, Darth Zana, and it follows uh, her and Darth Bane, who you might have heard of um, from, you know, the fanboys. Actually, don't on- know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, here's my cancelable opinion today. I hate him. I hate him. Um, anyways, he kind of reminds me, I don't know why, because they don't have a lot of things in common. Darth Bane reminds me of um, Odysseus from the Iliad and the Odyssey. <laughs> I hate him. He has his apprentice, Darzana. She's like 10 years old. She is this little 10-year-old blonde kid who um, watched like all of her friends die. And uh, then became a sith lord um and she reminds me a lot of ventress to be honest um and i think that i i wish we got a little bit more of ventress when she was younger uh and i mean there are things that we know obviously like it's not absolutely necessary but i think it'd be cool to get those first those first stages of you know her her upbringing in this in the in the sith uh, acolyte position that she's in um you were saying earlier how uh most uh sith masters treat their apprentices really bad and that's why i thought of this stupid book that i'm reading um i literally someone's gonna listen to this and be like she called rule of two stupid cancel her anyways i don't care there's a scene very early on in the novel where, where darth bane is like i'm going to Andron. you I'm leaving you on this planet. You're 10 years old. Find your own way to Onderon. And I was like, maybe people, maybe this, maybe, just maybe, the Sith should have stayed extinct. Uh, Yeah, I feel like that's a lot uh, similar to something that Dooku would do to Ventress. But the, the thing is with Ventress is that she was never going to be a Sith. And I, and she knew that she was an acolyte. She knew that she was a cis acolyte and not necessarily an apprentice. However, she did think that, you know, maybe Dooku wouldn't abandon her. Maybe just, you know, a thought that this figure in her life who took her in after her um, other male figure in her life was uh, murdered. But um, yeah, and then she, you know, is abandoned by Dooku. And that kind of brings us into the Clone Wars. and another male figure in her life who abandons her but that is when she you know realizes oh shit I gotta think for myself um and I have to not rely on another person to teach me and I need to learn from who I am and from my lived experiences and not so much from a master 
Um, and that's a huge turning point in her character because she, you know, has, like we've been saying, she's been struggling to find freedom her entire life. Uh, and maybe not only like physical freedom, she obviously doesn't belong to anybody now, uh, but also just like mentally free. You know, she she's not shackled by the the idea that she needs to belong to someone and that she needs to find uh, uh, a supportive figure in her life that can show her the way. She just, you know, makes her own path. And I think that's really beautiful for her character. Um, and I like that, you know, she doesn't stay like evil. Like she's not horrible, but she's not an angel, you know? And I really like that about her because let women just be bad sometimes. <laughs> the thesis of, of our podcast. Yeah, exactly. Um, getting into Clone Wars a bit, we have her and Obi-Wan have like, I mean, we already said they exploit each other's bodies. I do believe that. Um, but just like their relationship in general is so interesting because like they're enemies and they fight each other a lot but they also flirt a lot which is fun for them but they also have this like mutual respect almost between them where it's like yeah we're enemies but like we respect each other and it's a really interesting thing and we see it like more later on like as you're saying where Ventress is no longer working for Dooku and she's like she's not like good but she's not like the same level of bad as she was when she was Dooku's like um assassin and throughout it all they just have this really interesting relationship and they even do like come together to work together a few times which are some of my favorite moments ever um there is a scene with the two of them in Dark Disciple that I will talk about later because it is one of my favorite things I think ever um but it is really interesting to see the way that they interact with her and like Obi-Wan can see that she's not just like some mindless person who like works for Dooku and does everything he says and I was like like she, he can see that she is her own individual person and like even though well she's obviously on like the opposing side but she's like I don't know the point is even though that they're like in opposition for like literally every time they're together up until like a few moments in Dark Disciple and like a few moments in the Clone Wars, he still respects her and respects her abilities. And I just think it's very interesting, like the way that they interact. And it's something that like, we don't see a lot of because so many times it's just like, here's this like evil figure like Palpatine, or like Snoke in the sequels where it's like, they're just some evil guy. And everyone just hates them. But like with Ventress, it's kind of different because it's not like she's just this like evil figure and they're like oh she's just evil and we just need to fight her like there's like a weird amount of respect there I think they have a cool relationship and I'm very glad that we get to see we just got this brotherhood excerpt of them like meeting for the first time and first of all Ventress and brotherhood so true I like more Ventress content always 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 um, but like getting to see the beginnings of their relationship is something that I like didn't know that I needed but then we got that excerpt and I was like no I really did need this um, so I can't wait for that book. Um, along with them having like mutual respect I think that Obi-Wan is one of the only people who sees Ventress as a person who is intelligent and strong but has just fell fallen into the wrong hands multiple times and I say that and I word it like that because it's true you know she does belong to people in a like legal sense for a very long and large portion of her life and obviously like we've been saying a point of her character is to break out of that and to belong to herself um and to gain agency and autonomy but um she also you know doesn't ever, well, as um, for what we know so far, excluding Brotherhood, we don't know if Obi-Wan knows her past, right? However, he he can tell, oh, she isn't this murderous Sith acolyte who has, who is just under the spell of the dark side, you know? And we see that a lot um, in, in one of my favorite episodes of the Clone Wars, where, um, 
Obi-Wan uses her lightsaber. <laughs> I just, I just want to take a moment, a little interlude, if you will, to thank the animators for that scene because it awakened something in me. I, I will be honest. Obi-Wan Kenobi with a red lightsaber. <gasps> Obi-Wan Kenobi with an Inquisitor saber. Kenobi show. Okay, actually though, because Kenobi pulled through. Um, what was I even saying? I think that um, yeah, I love their relationship. Um, but uh when they team up, you know, and he's kind of like, You're you're not so bad. But then she's like, No, I am. No, I am. She's the she's the TikTok audio. It's like, I never said I was nice. <laughs> we already talked a little bit about Dooku, like literally betraying her um but can we just talk about the fact that the reason that he does like leave her to die and try to kill her and all of that fun stuff that he does is because Palpatine is like "Mm, she's just too powerful and I feel threatened by her so you need to get rid of her um so true of her even Palpatine knew the only people who who Palpatine is like oh maybe my plan's not gonna work is caused by women so true of them absolutely so true of them Asajj Ventress you're so powerful I'm so sorry what they did to you Palpatine is like um I feel like you're actually just training this apprentice so you can like take over and like take me out blah 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 and like I can't have that um so you have to get rid of her and Dooku's like okay and like leaves her to die and thinks she's dead um but Ventress is a girl boss so she actually doesn't die and she goes back to Dathomir and like reunites with the Night Sisters and it's like, hey guys, do you want to help me kill Craig Dooku? And they're like, yeah, um, because who doesn't want to kill Craig Dooku? Um, <laughs> as they should. Um, and then this is when like they have their little plan to try to kill him when we see him in his little pajamas. I just think that's funny. Anyway, that's not relevant at all, but <laughs> Um, and then they Star Wars <laughs> characters are in their jammies. Anyway, <laughs> exactly. Like he's just in his little nightgown. Oh my god, I can't with that. Um, but that doesn't work. Um, so then this is when they decide to use Savage and basically like offer him up as a new apprentice to Dooku, but he's actually like working for the Night Sisters. Um, more specifically, Ventress. Like they have these very like complex plans. Unfortunately, they do not work because um revenge of the sith does exist and they unfortunately could not decanonize it so none of their plans to kill dooku work but they're good plans and i think they would have worked had star wars not been star wars i was thinking as as uh, you were speaking about dooku and palpatine being like oh no she's too powerful you can't you can't have her um it's so funny to me um that Sidious yeah Sidious is like oh I can't have um this uh, girl being more powerful than my apprentice that's like kind of the whole point of the Sith no literally I think about that all the time like like literally that is the whole point is to for the apprentice to like overthrow the master but Sidious is like not me though but like yeah. I'm I'm gonna stay in power and I'm like that is not how it works bestie eventually Sidious gets defeated by Vader right mm, I don't want to start talking about the sequels um <laughs> but you know it's so funny to me that I understand that it's because Revenge of the Sith came out first right so like that's why obviously Ventress had to go by she had to go bye-bye because she he had to have Dooku be the apprentice, but in in a narrative sense, it would make so much more sense if um if he was like, okay, I'm just gonna kill Dooku and have Asajj Ventress be my <laughs> Sith apprentice, um, but that doesn't happen, unfortunately. Palpatine slash Sidious, you're kind of dumb, um, and maybe you're a misogynist. Oh my god, the shocking, end- shocking the- twist. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, um, not to get it. I don't want to get into it again. But I'm just like, okay, okay. Imagine how cool it would have been if we had Ventress like be alive still. I digress. She does have a little adventure with Boba Fett. Uh, and I think that was a really, really awesome. I love that arc. 
of the Clone Wars is they really made a good decision focusing on her for that because um, that's when we really see like, oh, this is actually who Ventress is when she is not under control, when she is in control of her own actions. And obviously I'm not apologizing for the horrible things that she did as an as a Sith apprentice, obviously. Um, she still did them, but there is something to be said about, you know, being manipulated into things. But yeah, um, we get to see how she's kind of, not atoning because she, she's doing it for herself. She's being selfish, but I love that for her. Yeah, Ventress, you, you do you, girl. You take the money, you become your own person, become a bounty hunter, use your skills for not good, but also not completely evil. Yeah, this is also around that point in the Clone Wars where um, her entire like clan, I guess, gets murdered yeah. in a passion. Um, I didn't love that for her. I really wish they wouldn't have done that to her again. Like, she was finally like, okay, I'm back with my people. Like, I'm not, I don't work for Dooku anymore. I'm kind of just like chilling and vibing. And then Grievous showed up and like killed everyone. And then she was left alone again. And so she becomes a bounty hunter. Um, Yeah, like I, like you said, I love that arc. I love when she teams up with Boba I think it's great and I think it's like a really fun I just love that whole like squad that Boba has at that time and so it was just like a fun little fun little adventure for all of them lots Razi call me anyway not relevant I just had to and then she like once again feels um left behind she feels abandoned she feels alone etc like all these things that she has felt her whole life are still true and now to even an even more like extreme degree because literally like pretty much every single other person got killed um I forgot where I was going with this the point is it was really sad and I did cry watching those Clone Wars episodes um but I do love like where her character arc went after that going into like her bounty hunting hunting days and then most of Dark Disciple I think kind of going to um on off of what you said um about her whole entire clan dying uh I think it's kind of interesting I'm just thinking about Tempest Runner a lot recently um as I should anyways uh something similar is how um gender is uh kind of input into this whole arc that she has um of her life because all of these figures in her life who are controlling her are men. Uh, her first masters of Jedi was man. Her, obviously, Dooku, a man. Um, Sidious, who, you know, is literally the reason why Dooku abandoned her, a man. Um, and then, so she's obviously hurt by all these men. And then she finds sisterhood. So awesome. Love sisterhood in Star Wars. Um, and immediately they're like, it's, there's, they're not like, we're going to make you a monster and kill Dooku. They're like, we're going to give you what you want, what you need to heal yourself and to heal this damage that all these people have done to you. And that is the most powerful part of the whole sister, night sister arc is them just being like, here you go we're here for you and um, we're going to build you up because you've been torn down your entire life, which just makes it all the more sad when Grievous, disgusting, literally slaughters them, right? And then uh, who is, Grievous is also under the control of Dooku. So um, again, just all these men trying to ruin Ventress just as she's trying to build herself back up which is why she you know for a while is kind of like I don't trust a single person ever I don't I don't care which is why she comes a bounty hunter she has her own ship she's gaining back her agency and being like I'm better off on my own which is why it just makes Dark Disciples so much sadder because she finally is like I'm we're skipping ahead I don't even care anymore she literally finds Quinlan Boss, who is 
you know, trying to get to her a little bit. He's kind of flirting with her. He's kind of like, oh, I want to know more about you. You're interesting to me. Um, and then Dooku literally turns Quinlan Voss against her. And she is betrayed by yet another man in her life. <laughs> I can't. I'm this really going to start crying. Um, yeah, because it's really sad. literally ruin my life. Like, I think, yeah. like, I think about it all the time. How hard I cried when I finished that book. Like, not even, mm-hmm. like, just at the end. Like, the whole oh, yeah. book. The, whole the entire book. <laughs> the scene where... Sorry. Uh, after this, we will go back to where we were chronologically. The scene where she, where um, she goes to rescue, um, I almost said Dooku. No, starting over with that train of thoughts, my mind just like went out the window. Okay. The scene where she goes to rescue Quinlan after he's been taken by Dooku and like corrupted by him with the help of Boba and his friends, um, which I thought was fun. I love that they were in that book. But the scene where she finds him and realizes that, like, he's been turned to the dark side by Dooku and they, like, have that fight and he's, like, you're a liar and a murderer, had to put the book away and, like, take a walk and sob and just everything. That scene is so heartbreaking because she like like she literally looks into his eyes and sees like that they're tinged yellow because of like the dark side um and like doesn't recognize him literally i can't with that and then right after that when they're leaving um when they have to leave without him obviously and boba and his crew like waited for her and she's like oh my god you got like i'm surprised you guys waited for me and didn't just like leave me behind and then he's like, no, we didn't. That's because, like, we're not you or something like that. And she was like, what? And I, ugh, what possessed Christy Golden to write that line? Here's the thing. I'm so glad this was a novel and not and not a Clone Wars arc. Because if it was a Clone Wars arc like it originally was supposed to be, one, we wouldn't have gotten all these little details. And two, I would have to see it. And I would probably never be okay again, to be honest. <laughs> I think you know a part of it is that she really did get to choose to be with Quinlan Voss yeah he kind of like manipulated her a little bit at the beginning by like pretending not to be a Jedi but she knew you know she allowed that to happen it was it was a thing where she was like I'm gonna wait and I'm gonna see this out and make sure like is this the guy who I really think he is even though he's hiding things from me and, you know, once they're once they're completely honest with each other, um, then she's like, I was right. And I got to choose that. And I got to choose to stay with him, even though he was lying to me, um, because I saw I saw something in that man. Oh, my God. I love Quinlan Voss. <laughs> I, I can't I just stop thinking about him. OK, anyways, um, Quinlan Voss, I hope you're OK. <laughs> I, I hope you're in the Kenobi uh, series and that you don't die in the Kenobi series. Don't even get me started on Quinlan Voss in the Kenobi series because I know that the show, the first scene in the show is going to be the Inquisitors hunting down a Jedi and it, the Jedi is going to be Quinlan Voss and he's literally going to die right in front of me. And I'm okay. going <gasps> to... <laughs> I'm literally... Okay, calm down, please. It's not that funny. Um, the Kenobi series, opening scene. It opens, we see the Inquisitors they're so sexy they have those spinning lightsabers they're running and we see a jedi hmm who could it be they're just in their robes and then and then the jedi gets cornered and and you see over the inquisitor's helmet and lightsaber you see it is oppo rancisis i knew you were gonna say that <laughs> but no if like- they gotta kill oppo rancisis as the opening scene <laughs> the kenobi series i really think that it would be um a genius genius to do we kind of skipped ahead to dark disciple but going back a bit to the clone wars um ventress is in does show up in the wrong jedi arc where ahsoka tano leaves the jedi order um having ventress in it was like the best thing they ever did actually um i really like needed more interactions with Ahsoka and Ventress but one of the later parts of that arc is when Anakin like hunts down Ventress because they think Ventress is the one who was framing Ahsoka and like accuses her of it blah 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 
And Ventress tells him that, like, she was just going to turn Ahsoka in, but then Ahsoka was like, but I can, like, talk to the Jedi Council and, like, maybe get you pardoned. But then Ventress says to Anakin, I realized your fallen Padawan and I had a lot in common. And Anakin's like, no, that's stupid. And I'm like, shut the fuck up because (laughs) points are being made because she sees Ahsoka as herself when she was younger as like being abandoned by her master and like obviously the situations are very different but like she sees herself in Ahsoka and she was like you know what if I can help someone who was in whose position I was once in and stop Ahsoka before she goes down a road like what I went down oh my god phenomenal phenomenal I I love her part in that arc so much um it's like one of the first times that we see this sort of side of her where it's not like she's like being like a protagonist or like the good guy quote unquote but like she does she is like helping Ahsoka because she wants to not be arrested but also because she sees herself obviously at first Ahsoka is like I don't trust you you're blah 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 because okay Ventress did try to, you know, kill Ahsoka a few times. It's fine. Um, let bygones be bygones is what I say. I'm just kidding. I definitely don't say that. But, uh, and then, so, um, but then, you know, I think that Ahsoka is kind of like, oh, maybe we are a little bit more alike than I thought, you know? And um, I think that that's just a testament to Ahsoka being like so open to learning from people, which makes her a better Jedi than literally anybody because you know that's what Jedi are supposed to do is learn from everyone oh my god Orla Jirani moment remember when Orla Jirani was like there's always someone you can learn something from I you know what another Orla Jirani and Ahsoka Tano parallel I just anyways I think that they uh Ahsoka really you know learned something from um Ventress helping her uh And, you know, that's kind of, I think that we talk a lot about, especially in our last episode, we talk a lot about legacy in Star Wars. You know, she dies like right before Order 66 too, you know, maybe a few months um, before. So anyone who would have remembered her literally dies, except for Obi-Wan and Quinlan Vos and Ahsoka. um, And Anakin. We're all going to be in it. No, I'm just kidding. I know. (laughs) But um, I just think that, you know, it her her death really is like irks me I mean there's a lot of reasons why her death irks me but that's one of them because we don't get to see the legacy that she leaves behind unlike literally every other Star Wars character you know you could I could sit here and explain the legacy of literally any other glup shitto but not but not Ventress the fact that Quinlan Voss is the only person who could carry on her legacy and speak her truth literally never shows up in the canon after that. Star Wars, you are my enemy. Once again, you have created an amazing character, an amazing female character, and then killed her off screen and left out the most important part of her character arc into a book, which a lot of people are not going to read. Because most Star Wars fans don't read Star Wars books. Excited for Brotherhood, like no shade to like Star Wars projects that do that. Like obviously, like that's really cool that you're giving them these stories and these like highlights. Like especially like we were talking about E.K. Johnston's books for a few episodes. Um, Like that's obviously really awesome that, you know, we get those because we never see these women otherwise. Um, But, you know, it's also like, okay, well... How many books are we actually selling here versus how many views are these movies and shows getting? There's our little soapbox moment. We can step off of it now and continue with Ventress's little little life. That makes me cry. Dark Disciple. I really cannot talk about Dark Disciple without crying, but we're going to do it. Her and Quinlan just, yeah, they're everything. <laughs> like, I can't even, oh my God. And one and- of the, like, they're one of the better like romances written in Star Wars. Yeah. Definitely. Like this is definitely one of the best romance novels in Star Wars. Yeah. And it really is. Like I recommend this book to people and I'm like, it is fully just like enemies to lovers, mm-hmm. like textbook enemies to lovers as they, but like 
No, I'm not gonna shade Raylo. I don't Maybe wanna you get a talk. I was about to say, but like good enemies to lovers. But like Raylo wishes they had what <laughs> the lovers portion has to be more than like a kiss on the mouth at the end. Like that's not yeah. that's not enemies to lovers. That's just like we are trying to kill each other for three movies and then we kissed. Love Dark Disciple because it is enemies to lovers. And it actually explores the like literal nuances. And I'm not just saying that as someone who is on a podcast and is, oh, there's nuance to this. No, they actually do explore the nuance of being in a relationship with somebody who is not a good person and how they use their power to hurt others, but also to help others, you know? And the the entire uh, narrative of Dark Disciple is that they're going to kill Dooku, right? And in the in that, you know, journey to murder this man, which is what they're doing, they fall in love. And that's what happens. So it's like, it's written in a way that's like, okay, well, we know that we're doing something bad. And we know that they're this act that we are going to commit is going to help other people because Count Dooku is um, somebody who oppresses people, right? So they're doing, there's a lot of like, is this the greater good kind of thing going on? And it's very, you know, it, it explores a multiple paths of a journey to light and to dark. Timothy Zahn moment, um, because is the greater good really good for everybody? Sorry to bring up the Chisa sentence again. That's why this novel works. It's not because it's necessarily uh, inherently enemies to lovers. It's not like a, wow, look at these two people who hate each other and then fall in love. Wow, so spicy. And I mean, there is some spicy scenes in the book, but it's like, that's not what it's about. You know, it's about how war affects your life when you are devoted to ending it or not. Maybe you're devoted to killing the person who kind of enslaved you for a while, which just makes me mad because she literally dies at the end, not in a way that's very freeing of her. It really does. And I think this conversation happened a bit like on social media um, back in January. Like, it's the same way I feel about Stellan Geos's death in The Fallen Star, where it's like she finally has this moment of autonomy where she like, First of all, she like feels the light side of the force in a way that she has never felt it before. Beautiful moment, tear yeah. like crying like a baby. Um, <laughs> but then she has this moment where she decides who she is and like that there is a different way to live for her. But she dies before she gets to actually live that way. And I'm yeah. like, why? Like, should we? Ugh, I'm yelling now, but like we literally could have had it all. She could have had such a phenomenal story after this novel but now she is deceased and will not have it it's so frustrating genuinely um like obviously there is like it's storytelling so like a character completes their arc and dies like that happens all the time but like in the case of a character like Ventress like yes she completed this part of her arc but it could have led to something more afterward if she had not died in that moment. Thinking about Stellan Geos um like you said I it is very similar um in how I feel about them. I think that a lot of Ventress's story is very very well written um and but the best episodes that she's in in the Clone Wars the best media that she is in is when she is by herself. And when she is learning things by herself, because that shows that she is independent and can live without someone around her and someone telling her what to do, um, which is important to her as like in universe, that's important to her. But also it's important to show the audience that um, because of a like to show the audience that she's capable and has agency without somebody because you need that kind of detail when writing a character, especially a character who's a woman. It, it doesn't undo everything that she has worked for, obviously, I'm not saying that, but it is kind of like a, okay, well, she's realizing who she is, but she's also like doing that with somebody else, you know? Her last lines are to Quinlan Voss telling him to be a Jedi. It kind of feels like like her arc is completing for another man. And it's the same thing with 
Stellan Geos is, I mean, not the exact same thing. Let's don't mistake my words there, but we did not get a lot of his character. We did not see a lot of his character before he died. So we don't have a lot to compare it to. Yes, he had many, many POV moments in the two adult novels, but also it was only impactful in the sense that he is sacrificing himself to save people and that he is leaving Elzar Man. Anything other than that, we know from like, cause we, cause how viewers and readers interact with Star Wars is that we get this um, omniscient perspective of Star Wars. And so you are reading the, the higher public books as somebody who's like, I know every single person who knows Stellan Geos. And a lot of them, we don't really know how they interact. We just know that they do. It's the same thing with Ventress. I'm like, okay, we know her story very well from an omniscient perspective, especially if you've known, if you read outside Star Wars content that it's not, you know, shows the shows. I was going to say movies, but she's not in any movies. Um, actually, that's not true. She's in the Clone Wars movie. Um, <laughs> 2008 Clone Wars movie. Girl, you are a fever dream and a half. I <laughs> Going back to Asajj Ventress again, um, and her death let's actually let's actually go back because we're at the end again somehow we managed to skip the entire novel go ahead. um <laughs> dark disciple i guess we can talk about what i was talking about earlier and said i would talk about at length um well her and obi-wan's relationship gets expanded on like in this book a lot because he's the one who was like what if we like if Quinlan Boss teamed up with Asajj Ventress because like I know her and like yeah she was kind of evil but like she's actually kind of cool um and she can be helpful to us which also quick side note you were saying earlier how like you can understand how people hate the Jedi Order if they only consume like Clone Wars or yeah I did like I'm not like a Jedi not Jedi Order like hater you know like I'm not one of those people who's like the Jedi Order where actually the bad guys however after I finished Dark Disciple, I was like, you know what? Maybe I actually do hate the Jedi Order and the Maybe Jedi I, Council, like yeah. everything. Yeah. Anyway, this book is a very interesting look at the Jedi Order and like more specifically the Jedi Council and like what it means to specifically Quinlan Voss, obviously, but also like Obi-Wan and Ventress and like all the characters in it. But it also really was like, maybe I actually hate them. Anyway, um, back to... Asajj Ventress and Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, there is a scene where after Quinlan gets captured by Dooku um, and turned to the dark side and Ventress like sees that he's been turned to the dark side, she goes to meet Obi-Wan at the like this, like I think like it's like a bar where he and Quinlan Boss would meet up to like discuss his mission progress, but Ventress goes there to meet with Obi-Wan and like tells him that Dooku has turned Quinlan to the dark side and the two of them just sit there in silence together it's the moment where they like they don't like they're still technically enemies like they're not fighting against each other actively anymore but like they did in the past and it's not like they're like friends or anything and they disagree on pretty much everything but in this one moment they both loved Quinlan boss and they're both just sitting there like processing that he's gone together but not saying anything dark disciple is definitely a, a must read it's required reading for like obi-wan kenobi because of things like that where you can see like how much he really loves people um and not to get like not to start analyzing his character on episode of girl boss of the week but um i think that a lot of people like i kind of misinterpret his character a lot and because of certain media but um he really does like love people and he is very good at this non-attachment philosophy that the Jedi carry um and he you know you can see in that moment though that he's like that was my friend and maybe my lover um but <laughs> I I need to <laughs> shut up but um going back to Ventress in that moment you know it's very it's so sad because you're like, okay, well, here's Ventress who has not, who has loved a lot of people in her own way. You know, she loved her master, her 
her she loved Merrick but it's like he she also felt betrayed by him um in a way I think that she loved the teachings of Dooku I think that she thought that she was going to find freedom because that's what the Sith offered they say the Jedi Order is they cage you up and they lock you up and the Sith Order is how you're free and you're free through power right and that's like the basic teachings of the Sith. And so I think that, you know, she found a love for that because all she wants is freedom and all she wants is to be her own person and to, and she thinks that the way to that is through power. Um, And then the person who was teaching her that betrayed her, right? And so that was obviously, the Sith order was obviously tainted in her mind because of that experience. And now here she is loving Quinlan Voss and he is turned against her. And so that is a different type of betrayal, but it's still a betrayal nonetheless. And here she is sitting with Obi-Wan Kenobi, who has been fighting her for years and who is her enemy, quote unquote, because he should be turning her into the, the Republic. She's, an, she's a criminal, um, but instead they're just sitting there and they're respecting that they both have lost somebody who they really love and really care about and are attached to. Um, and that really sucks for them. And, you know, I think that moment is kind of also saying to Ventress, it's like, hey, maybe this person, Obi-Wan Kenobi, is not my friend, is not my, you know, ally necessarily, because, but we both have something in common and that is loving somebody else. Um, and I think that is a huge moment for her to be like, maybe things are not as black and white as I think they are. Maybe, you know, you can hold uh, a care for somebody and not, you know, feel obligated to uh, do what they say or to, you know, be an ally with them. You know, she's kind of like me and Obi-Wan, we're just mourning the loss of someone we love. And nothing else really matters right now. And I don't owe him anything. And he doesn't owe me anything. At this point in time, we're just kind of here. Obi-Wan Kenobi, thank you so much for standing up for Ventress. Yeah. Because nobody else does. Because nobody no, else exactly. does. exactly. And it's so, and it's the way, again, like not to talk about Obi-Wan in the Ventress episode. Um, but the way that in that book, like Obi-Wan is the only one to stand up for Ventress the same way that he's the only one who stands up for Quinlan after he's been turned and Ventress sees that like she sees how much like that is the reason that she goes to Obi-Wan in the first place and tells him what happened to Quinlan because like she sees how much he cares and she sees how he's willing to like actually stand up to the Jedi Council and protect people that he cares about and Ventress really admires that about him. Obi-Wan stands up for Ventress and Quinlan in in this book and this book does take place after the wrong Jedi arc where he did not stand up for Ahsoka Tano uh and she did leave the order and so now he's like oh maybe (laughs) maybe I did the wrong thing by not standing up for that girl and so now he is standing up for Ventress who is literally a mirror to Ahsoka Tano's character like we discussed sad Maybe I'm crying <laughs> you are actually crying oh this I knew as soon as we were like let's talk about Ventress I was like mm, I'm gonna cry dark disciple my frenemy um yeah anyway I can't believe we're literally going to kill Quinlan Voss I think probably the most jarring scene for me is when Mace Windu's like when we ca- when we catch Voss we're gonna we're gonna kill him it's not even that he says that it's that everyone agrees with it almost instantly except for Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan is like and Obi-Wan is like not only like we can't do that but Obi-Wan is like we did this to him like we are the reason that he was on this mission in the first place and now you just want to kill him but like everyone like pretty much everyone else on the council agrees almost instantly and that was the moment where I was like Jedi Order, we need to make some changes. Some things need to happen here. <laughs> I don't want to keep talking about Obi-Wan, but it's so necessary because to talk about that scene. Um, the fact that Obi-Wan is like, you guys, 
we need to have faith in somebody because that's what being a Jedi is about. And then his own apprentice turns to the dark side and he has faith in him until he thinks that it's no longer possible and that Anakin has gone too far. And then he kills his own apprentice. Also, okay, there this whole portion of Dark Disciple where like after they have rescued Quinlan and he's like, I fought back against like the dark side and blah, blah, blah. And like, I'm actually great now. And Ventress is like, mm, uh, no, you're not. Like, you're still messed up. And Obi-Wan is like, wants to believe that Quinlan is back to his old self so badly. But Ventress has literally been there. And she, yeah. for like, she has experienced it and she sees it. And she's like, I, and she also like, understandably has trouble trusting that people are going to stick around and that people have her best interest in mind, even though like, she loves Quinlan and she trusts him and like but she is the one to recognize that he is not okay at that point and that he is not like back to his old self again I think also though that like is very telling of like where the Jedi Order is at at that point because they were so adamant about being like no he's bad and he there's no redemption for him and Obi-Wan's like no like he he doesn't do he can be redeemed and he can be back to his normal self and in the Jedi Order and then Ventress who knows the Sith right that's one of the Jedi pitfalls that everyone can agree on is that because the Jedi were so adamant about pushing away the dark side and and just cutting the dark side out of their lives completely that they were unprepared for the return of an order who uses the dark side um, because they had no experience with, with it at all, which is um, why the higher public is so great because so many of the Jedi are like, why aren't we know, learning about the dark side? This is not good. We, we're going to get caught off guard and then they do too. So you would think that the Jedi would learn about the, from their actions, but they don't. Um, but yeah, I just think that um, Obi-Wan being like, no, there is hope and there we, we can do this. He's very much like that, you know. Going back on track, though, I think that um, it is one of the traits of the Jedi of being almost toxically positive, you know, that has kept them from being like, oh, maybe we need to go in depth and see the actual problems and where this war is coming from and why our order has changed so much. Why have we gotten to this point where we are willing to murder one of our own Jedis, execute another Jedi, and then flip it on a coin and then be like, oh, well, actually, never mind. We are now not only going to not kill him, but we're going to take him back to the Jedi Order and we're going to just assume that he's all right because he's acting like it. Okay, I'm trying to find a quote. Oh my God, I found it. Okay, so we're talking about how like if the Jedi would like actually take the time to understand the dark side then things might have been a lot better but instead they're like light and dark and we have to not think about the dark side at all or learn about it or do anything related to it there's a quote from into the dark it's Comac, and he says sometimes i think we the jedi must be somehow to blame we who refuse to look at the force in full to examine the darkness as well as the light. If the dark side were not so alien to them, Comex suspected, they would more readily understand the nature of the idols. How can we split the force in two? How can we justify such an act of violence? And it is violence, such a dividing, even the darkness divided from the light. I love that quote, which is why as soon as we started talking about this, I was like, I know it exists. I know it's in Into the Dark. Because that's exactly it. Like, the like every time the dark side comes up they're like oh we can't talk about the dark side and like we have to just like get rid of it and, like push it down and don't like think about it and blah 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 blah. but like like you were saying like if they took the time to actually acknowledge where these feelings come from and like why they are harmful rather than just knowing that they are and pushing them aside like it wouldn't be such a struggle for them when they have no choice but to face the darkness and like that's why it always gets to a point where like they haven't addressed it until it's too late. And that's why people fall to the dark side. And that's why we get people like Anakin who like, as soon as they feel that darkness, like it's already too late for them because they don't have like the Jedi Order as a whole does not want to deal with it. Like obviously Ventress has done bad things. And I'm not saying like, oh my God, the Jedi Council is so unfair for like not liking her. Like she, she did a lot. But like when it comes to her perspective on Quinlan Boss, like even though she knows that he has been corrupted by the darkness she 
understands the dark side of the force because she herself has like felt it and like like served it almost but the jedi council doesn't understand that so they never realize like how they can fix the situation other than just eradicating it and that's why they want to just kill him rather than like believing that he can redeem himself when i was talking about like the whole the jedi don't want to talk about the dark side i was thinking about that exact comat quote and then when you were reaching for a book i was like i bet she's gonna go find it right now (laughs) like i was saying earlier i'm not saying that women can't find themselves through men that is not what i'm saying at all i think there is something to be said about romances and you know finding your identity with another person um, and sharing that experience with them and i do think it can be really beautiful in in regards to ventress and quinlan i I also believe that a lot because they very much so complement each other's characters and they do learn from each other and that's really nice to see in a romance especially in a star wars romance Reminds me a lot of early um, Kanan and Hera. <sighs> I'm so sorry. Um, but I do think um, that, you know, and I was saying earlier, like, oh, why was he there when she died? That's like, yes, I still like agree with what I said. But it's the fact that he was there. He saw her change, like truly realized that the light was was the way to go he heard her last words be like something along the lines of be a Jedi or it's the Jedi way. That's her last words were it's the Jedi way, but you know, he, he's there for that. And then there's nobody to tell her story. I would love a comic series, even a novel, but I think it would work best as a comic series of Quinlan Voss's aftermath after Order 66 and not only having like the love of his life be taken away from him but also his entire culture and having especially after going back to the dark side and then coming back from that learning through Ventress that he is a Jedi at heart and that's who he is and that's what he needs to continue and then immediately having the Jedi taken away from him. That is something that I would love to see um, in his story uh, and would, you know, be a great way to continue Ventress's story, even in death. Like we were saying, like the her last words being like, it's the Jedi way. And she also has this other line where she is like, I'm proud of you. You chose loving me instead of hating him. Incredible lines that just like show where she is now, like as a person. And she didn't have to be dying to say those things and have them have that much meaning. Like that scene, it was meaningful like to me because we got to see her, like you said, like realize that the light side of the force is the right choice. And that's what made it a beautiful scene. And then she just died. And like the death wasn't like, it made me sob obviously, but like her dying wasn't the thing that gave that scene like the emotional impact that it did. It was the fact that she saw like a new way for herself and she was able to help Quinlan see that that was the right way for him too. And like, that's where the power of that scene came from, not from her dying. I don't want to be like retcon dark disciple. Definitely don't want that, but also maybe just the end. (laughs) She could have lived. Or like, pull a Darth Maul or pull a Trilla Siduri and make <laughs> I'm sorry I have to I just I just no but like she could be alive they both can be alive Ventures oh my and Kenobi win anyways oh clown era completely not related but like Anakin in Dark Disciple literally is such a whiny little baby Anakin in Dark Disciple sometimes I'm like I don't hate Anakin and then I think about that <laughs> he's so annoying the entire time obi-wan is like i'm just trying to like be my epic self and do the right thing and like be great like i am and anakin is just there being like no i don't want to and like remember? i don't like ventress <laughs> remember at the beginning where they're like we need someone to go execute dooku we need to come kill dooku and anakin's like me me coach put me in put me in <laughs> And Obi-Wan is like, sit, n- you're done. That's when they should have known. That's when they should have been like, no, let's Anakin therapy, you guys. I'm serious. They should have been like, why is he so eager to kill people? Why is he so, yeah. Why Much is he so eager to commit literal murder? <laughs> They're like, yeah, let's put Quinlan in. Quinlan, go join. Go join the team. And then Obi-Wan's like, 
should we really be doing this you guys should we really be oh, that whole book is just obi-wan being like guys i don't think this is a good idea and the rest of the council is like okay so anyway you know what anyway. while we're talking <laughs> oh, wait while we're talking about quinlan boss i think it's very obvious that i love you so much you're so dear to my heart um however you did something unforgivable you almost killed commander cody and that's not okay with me you broke both of his legs and that was really cute actually uh cody one moment <laughs> when he was literally like uh obi-wan was like where's what happened and cody's like i'm almost dead but something boss got away i'm so sorry <laughs> obi-wan's like no babe it's okay you just take care of you right now <laughs> uh, trouble amidst that. the polycule literally like come on that's when okay obi-wan then was like quinlan i you know i love you but you kind of like hurt my boyfriend and that was really not okay we're supposed to all be like loving each other here um i know you guys have history but like (laughs) you guys gotta put it aside we can't be breaking each other's legs um every time we get a little angry (laughs) thank you so much for listening to fulcrum transmissions please feel free to send us questions you can dm them to us on twitter instagram or tiktok If you enjoy our podcast, please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd really appreciate it. Once again, thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Bye.